are listening to Right Off the Bus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Right Off the Bus. That's right, we got episode number 47. I'm your host, Chandler Hutchison, doing a solo episode here. And I got to tell you, episode 47, we've been rolling with the numbers. I'm going with Andre Kirilenko. Do you guys remember AK-47 on the Jazz? I mean, so good, so important to so, I mean, he was so important for so many years in Utah. And I got to tell you, those Darren Williams teams, they were a lot of fun to watch. And AK-47 was such a massive part of that. So I wanted to shout out AK-47 to start the episode, episode number 47. I don't know if I mentioned it, but it's Wednesday, November 17th. We're back at getting the Wednesday episodes and hopefully we can be consistent with that. But you know, to start off, don't have too, too much going on. Uh, I did have jury duty this morning. I was lucky that I did not get selected. I was able to go home right as they were sending us out for for uh, for lunch. So, you know, waste of a morning. But other than that, not too bad. And getting some good runs in. Did a fiver today and got eight in yesterday. Got a little running competition with a friend at work. So, you know, we got to keep those miles up. Hoping for 100 in November. It's looking good. And then lastly, man, I just bought... Revs tickets, baby. Best team in MLS. I'm so excited to got the Revs playoff package. It's like an auto debit. They'll charge you if the Revs continue to move forward. So they got the first game on Tuesday, the 30th, I believe. I couldn't be more excited. I'm going with four friends. We're meeting up with some other friends. That, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so fun. I'm telling you, it's the time to be a Revs fan. It's the time to be a American soccer fan. And let's get into that in the headlines. So the U.S. men's team beats Mexico in a huge 2-0 win um, in World Cup qualifying. But then today, they lose to Jamaica. Uh, lose to Jamaica. That's what it felt like. It was a draw. It was 1-1, but it felt like a loss. After you beat a team like Mexico. We've beaten Mexico four games in a row. It's our longest win streak against them since 1937, if you would believe it or not. 80 years ago. But then they lose... Uh, I keep saying it, lose to Jamaica. They draw with Jamaica, very disappointing, but we are looking good for qualifying for Qatar 2022, which I'm very excited about. What I wanted to mention real quick is uh, the Mexican national team goalkeeper, Meme Ochoa, he says, Mexico is the mirror in which the United States wants to see itself. So what does Christian Pulisic do? After being hurt and out of the Chelsea lineup for a while, Christian Pulisic comes in as a sub, Scores on his first touch of the game. Beautiful ball from Tim Way. A great header. Great spatial awareness for Pulisic. Pulls up his shirt. He's rocking a shirt that says man in the mirror. So Akoa Ochoa. Sorry, mispronouncing his name. Mexico is the mirror in which the U.S. wants to see itself. Pulisic says, I'm the man in the mirror, baby. I, mean, I thought that was fantastic. So cool from Christian Pulisic. Moving on. Fenway Sports Group, owner of the Boston Red Sox, Liverpool. They buy a majority stake in the NHL's Pittsburgh Penguins. So you see John Henry and the Fenway Sports Group, which now has Rich Paul, LeBron James, Redbird Capital. There's a lot of money going in over there. And they buy a majority stake in the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, it's kind of funny. John Henry, England, Boston, Pittsburgh. But, hey, he's moving and grooving and shaking things up. So definitely a situation that we can keep an eye on there and see, you know, Hey, do they put any money towards this team? Do they revitalize them at all? What, what's this going to be? What kind of investment? It'll be fun to keep an eye on. 
We're going to move on to Duke men's basketball. Unfortunately, bad headline, Mike Savarino, who is Coach K's grandson, pretty much the last player on the bench there at Duke, gets a DWI, driving well influenced. And Paulo Bancaro, maybe the best player in the country for Duke, got charged with aiding and abetting. It's a different law in North Carolina. So if you get in the car with somebody that's under the influence and they drive, you have responsibility too, which is very interesting. So they're playing Gardner-Webb tonight. It'd be a perfect game to sit Bancaro or suspend him for a game. Bancaro starts today, which means obviously it, it, you know, there were no charges or whatever the case may be because this happened this morning or last night and he's starting tonight. So, I mean, not too much of a punishment there. I would have liked to see Coach K handle this a little bit differently, but you know, he is a superstar. He's one of the biggest players in college basketball and he's at Duke. So I can't say I'm very surprised by this decision. Now let's move on. We got Ben Simmons. I mean, just continual updates here. He's now getting fined for missing their six game road trip, which they're on allegedly trying to work with the team, but he's saying the team's trying to force him to play. They're saying, Oh, we're trying to have him meet with a sports psychologist and Ben Simmons camp is kind of saying they just want to clear him and say he's fine. So that they can try to force him to play. And Ben Simmons is saying, I'm not mentally there. I don't know who to trust on either side. It's, it's desperate housewives, you know, type drama in, uh, in Philly right now. It's unfortunate to see, but as always, we'll keep the Ben Simmons updates coming in the headlines. John Gruden suing the NFL for the leaked emails that got him fired. Now what John Gruden said in those emails was wrong. Racist, misogynistic list goes on and on, but I understand why he's suing the NFL. His emails were the only ones leaked. Out of 650,000 emails, how, how is it possible that just the bad things Gruden says? I mean, he says that it was kind of a hit by the NFL. He said that they were trying to destroy and tarnish his image, all the stuff, which it seems like it could be true. Even though the things he said were very wrong and very bad, I understand why he's suing them because, I mean, what else is in those 650,000 emails? Um, People from every single team in the NFL would probably get fired. People from the NFL office would probably get fired. I say probably they would. So I'm interested to see where this goes. I kind of hope that more emails get sent out. It's weird that their personal emails, professional emails, uh, you know, all mixed in. But I, I'd be interested to see them. I'd be interested to see who else is going to get fired from all the horrible things they're saying. And, hey, maybe maybe John Gruden suing the NFL will we'll kind of get that outcome. We'll have to wait and see. Then lastly, to give a little baseball update, Erod leaving the Red Sox, signing with the Detroit Tigers, five years, 77 million. I just want to show some love to Erod. I, I did enjoy him while he was here. You know, he, uh, he's been solid. He's a good, like, number three, four in the rotation kind of guy, and he stepped up in some big moments. So shout out to Erod getting paid. And then Noah Syndergaard signing with the Angels, one year, 21 million. I mean, this guy feels, feels like he's barely played in the last two years, and he's getting a $21 million deal. The Angels need it. They need the pitching. They need everything they can to keep Trout and Shohei Otani there. So I like the move by them. You know, it's it's a high reward signing if if he's good. But otherwise, you're spending 21 million on a guy that you know hasn't quite been available. And I always say it, the best a bit the best ability is availability. If you are not out there, you are not an asset to your team. So let's see what Noah Syndergaard can do in Los Angeles. I did want to talk a little bit about basketball, but I'm a little strapped for time, so. You know, we have a listener question about the Celtics, but not going to get too much into basketball. Not going to do the ball don't lie segment today. We're going to go right into the NFL. We're going to huddle up, guys. Let's do the week 10 review. We'll run through these games. 
And then, you know, we'll get into talking about the week 11 matchups a little bit. So I will say there was a tie this week. So I'm counting that as a tie in my record because was I wrong? Was I right? I mean, I didn't pick the game correctly because I didn't call a tie, but I'm going to give myself a tie. So I went seven, six, and one. That gives me an overall record of 89, 60, and a one. So I'm, I'm still picking most of the games right. I'm feeling good about that. I'm at like 60% or whatever it is. So I'm feeling pretty good picking these games. Now let's run through these. A game I did not pick correct and a game that no one picked correct. My mom got kicked out of her three strikes league because of me in this game. The Dolphins beat the Ravens. Hold on. The Dolphins beat the Ravens on Thursday night football. Absolute shock of the week. A lot of weird games, but shock of the week, 22 to 10. I mean, the team looks hurt, unhealthy, inconsistent. They cut Le'Veon Bell today and you wonder... Without Lamar Jackson, this team would be absolutely nowhere. And he he wasn't great. He was inconsistent in that game. But, I mean, you can't put it all on Lamar. O-line needs to be better. Defense needs to be better and hold up a little more. Moving on to the game uh, for the Jets. Buffalo comes in, beats the brakes off. I mean, 45-17. to 17. Jets stood no chance. Mike White threw four interceptions. Joe Flacco ended up having to come in the game. Very ugly game there. Another big surprise, the Buccaneers fall in Washington. Washington football team beats them 29 to 19. I mean, great game by Heineke. Unfortunately, terrible news coming out that Chase Young, the second-year star DN for the Washington football team, unfortunately tore his ACL out for the rest of the year. So prayers up to Chase Young, healthy, speedy, fast recovery, my man. Falcons, I mean, did they even show up? Did the Falcons even show up to this game at AT&T Stadium in Dallas? I don't think they did. They got beat 43-3. to <coughs> Excuse me. 43-3. to I mean, that is just so embarrassing. After Matt Ryan had such a good game the week prior after they had won a couple games, Patriots are playing them on Thursday night. I'm feeling pretty good about that game because they scored three against Dallas. I think that Pats are going to be able to lock them up pretty well. And Calvin Ridley won't be playing personal reasons, so. No Calvin Ridley, we take out pits. I'll talk about that game when we get into the picks, but Atlanta absolutely embarrassed themselves in Dallas, 43-3. to Saints lose a close game in Tennessee. Mike Vrabel's Titans, 23-21. to And I got to tell you, it's good seeing AP back out there. Julio Jones, unfortunately, on the IR for at least the next three weeks, but Adrian Peterson's doing his thing. Ryan Tannehill's running the ball. It's, it's exciting to see this team still win after all the injuries they've had. No Derrick Henry. Julio Jones has missed a lot of time. My, I mean, my fantasy team could tell you that, but it's it's impressive to see that they're still winning games. Eight and two, it's really impressive. I like what Tennessee's doing. The Colts beat the Jags 23 to 17. Not much to say about that game. And then we got a very interesting game. First tie of the year, 16 to 16, Lions and Steelers. I mean, I said the Lions weren't going to win a game. I'm, I'm still going with that. But they won't be 0-17. That's the good news. They'll be 0-16-1. I saw this hilarious meme of someone, Jared Goff, where 16, they put a 0 and a 1 on one side. It's the Lions record at the end of the year. It's fantastic. Um, but, I mean, this was a terrible game from both teams, 16-16 to in overtime. No one could score in overtime, man. No one could score in overtime. That's pretty darn bad. And it was funny seeing a couple of the rookies on both teams didn't even know that games could end in the tie. Najee Harris was like, all right, ready to play another quarter. Let's go to sixth quarter. But that game ended in a tie. Definitely pretty funny. Then we got the Browns visiting the Patriots. 
Mac Jones, did he look good? Ramondre Stevenson, bunch of guys on defense. Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, the list goes on and on. Pats went 45 to 7. 45 to 7 in a game where Baker Mayfield can say, I'm a franchise quarterback. Odell's gone. You know, we put up 41 against the Bengals last week. Bill Belichick in this defensive game plan absolutely destroyed them. Our offensive line is getting better and better. It's nice to see Trent Brown back out there, kind of neutralize Miles Garrett a little bit. Jadevian Clowney, sort of non-factors. Garrett was pretty good in the first half, but man, the Patriots absolutely killed them. I mean, this, this seemed like the kind of last chance for Baker Mayfield to go out there and prove that he is the quarterback that can bring them to the promised land. There's a reason they didn't extend him before the season. And unfortunately it does not look like Baker is going to be anywhere near those, you know, Josh Allen contracts, Lamar Jackson, what those guys are getting paid, Pat Mahomes. Baker, unfortunately, is not in that category, but massive win for the Patriots. Four in a row for my Patriots, and they're playing the Falcons. That's going to be five in a row. I'm telling you guys about this past season. They get better and better every single week. Vikings win 27-20 to at the Los Angeles Chargers. That was a good win for them. Justin Jefferson looked great. Conklin, the tight end with two touchdowns. So Vikings were moving and grooving there. Maybe, I mean, I talked about the Baltimore game, but just as much this Panthers-Cardinals game. Panthers beat the Cardinals 34 to 10. <clears throat> PJ Walker's throwing the ball like crazy. Looks awesome. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. <sighs> That's some high quality H2O right there. Bobby Boucher, water boy. Great movie. All right. Cam Newton comes in two touchdowns in the first half against the Cardinals. Hold on. Cam Newton signed like three, four days before this game. Barely knows the playbook, goes out, throws a touchdown, runs a touchdown. He looked awesome. It's great to see him back in Carolina, and McCaffrey looked great as well. Disappointed game from the Cardinals, but no Kyler Murray. What can you do? He gets hurt early. Tough. Tough, especially after they got a good win the week prior without him. Eagles beat the Broncos 30-13. to I was very wrong about that game. Um, shout out to the Eagles because Jalen Hurts had that offense moving a lot more than I thought they would, and I'm definitely very critical of the Eagles. So shout out to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles going and getting that win in Denver. Russell Wilson makes his return and Aaron Rodgers is back off the COVID list. 17, nothing though for the Packers. Seattle couldn't score. It was unfortunate. Um, It was an ugly game all around. Not, not quite a fan favorite, but um, it's good to see Russell Wilson back. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you see what this team is within without Aaron Rodgers. He's the reason that they're eight and two. They look fantastic. Um, I'm, you know, the two games they lost were opening night and then the game Aaron Rodgers didn't play. So good to see Rodgers back out there looking like an MVP. Chiefs just cheat. Are the Chiefs back? I mean, I, I don't know how many times we can say that, but Pat Mahomes, 400 yards, five touchdowns. They went 41 to 14 over the Raiders, hand them their fourth loss. Chiefs moved to six and four. Mahomes was taking the easy plays. Mahomes was taking the easy plays. He looked good. He was making the short passes. He wasn't trying to do much. If the Chiefs can get healthy and that defense can do anything, I mean, oh, this this defense looks like Swiss cheese. They need some flex seal or something because they are just hanging by a thread on some of these plays. But they they looked okay. The Raiders offense really didn't get going. We'll see what the Chiefs can do over the next couple weeks, and we'll definitely continue to check in on them. Another big surprise – Rams flop on Monday night football. The 49ers beat him 31 to 10. Elijah Mitchell has a good game. Jimmy G has a good game. 
But I got to tell you, very disappointing from the Rams. Stafford did not look good. You're clearly missing Robert Woods out there. Odell has three targets. It's his first week. But you see Kittle just dominating. He's back for the 49ers. Makes a huge difference in that locker room and on the field. So, you know, very surprising game. But uh, I would not count the the Rams out. And the 49ers have a lot, lot of work left to do this season. But, hey, you know, four and five, they could be in a worse spot, especially in that division. That is pretty tough. Now we're going to move on to my week 11 picks. Let's discuss every game real quick. I will say the Rams and Broncos are on bye weeks, both after a loss. So not the worst situation from them for them. Thursday night football. We got the the Patriots visiting the Atlanta Falcons. I'm absolutely going with the Pats in this game. I think that's going to be, I don't want to say an easy win, but I'm going to say an easy win. I mean, with how this Pats offense has been rolling, I mean, people are talking about them as the best team in the AFC. People are talking about them as a Super Bowl contender. Again, I'm going to slow down there and not quite go to that extreme. But, I mean, as a Pats fan, how could you not be excited about Mac Jones? This guy is by far the best rookie quarterback, and he's in the right system. He has the right pieces around him. I mean, it was the Kendrick Bourne game. It was the Ramondre Stevenson game. Hunter Henry's caught seven touchdowns in seven games, but I got to tell you, Mac Jones looks so darn good. And all four of the quarterbacks that were taken before him, all four of those teams would rather have Mac Jones right now. And I don't think you can argue that. Give me the Patriots on Thursday night football against Atlanta. Then we got the saints visiting the Eagles. You know what? I'm going to go with the Eagles. I really don't even know if I've picked them all year, except I did pick them against the Lions or when they play the Lions. But I'm going with the Eagles over the Saints. I don't think Trevor Simeon gets it done. Uh, You know, there's so many issues with the Saints team. Shout out Mark Ingram, all-time leading rusher for the Saints. Just want to throw that in there. Uh, Saints have a lot of problems. I mean, they don't have a quarterback. I'm going to go with the Eagles at home in that matchup. We got the Dolphins visiting the Jets in. Man, I like, you know, a couple of weeks ago after the Mike White experience, I probably would have gone with the Jets, but I'm going to go with the Dolphins. They're coming off a win. This is an ugly game. I want no part of this. I'll see the red zone highlights, but I'm not watching any of this game. I got to tell you that Washington football team visiting the Carolina Panthers. I'm going with Carolina. I think if you work Cam Newton a little bit more into the offense, McCaffrey's still getting healthy, but he looked great last week, had 10 catches and we had 90 yards on the ground. McCaffrey looked great. I'm going to go with Carolina at home. We got Indy visiting Buffalo and I don't have to say much there. I'm going Buffalo is the Stefan Diggs game last week against the Jets. He looked unstoppable and I'm excited to see the bills at home, you know, playing a good Colts team. Wentz is good. Quentin Nelson's back, but bills should get that win at home. I'm going with Buffalo there. We got the Oh, eight and one lions visiting Cleveland. I'm going to take the Browns. They are lucky that they're playing the Lions this week because, I mean, they're going to have a huge bounce back week. They should get this win, and I would be very surprised if they didn't give me Cleveland in that matchup. We got the 49ers visiting the Jaguars, especially after beating the Rams. You're going to walk into Jacksonville, and you're going to trounce the Jaguars. I think this is a big 49ers win. I think it's another huge game for Kittle. They don't have anyone to guard them. Give me the 49ers. Texans visiting the Titans. You know, I got to rock with the eight and two team, not the one and eight, even though I think the Texans did just have their buy. So they got, they got a little break, but that's not going to help them too much. Tyrod Taylor being back, not going to get it done. Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel all day Packers visiting the Vikings. You know, I got to go with green Bay here. The Vikings looked awesome last week. They can put some points up, but 
they're not outscoring this Green Bay offense, and this Green Bay defense is better than this Minnesota defense. So I'm going to rock with Green Bay because I think they're better on both sides of the ball. I mean, Whitney Merciless and some of the other guys that they brought in, they look really, really good. So I like Green Bay's defense. I like what they got going on. Give me Green Bay. We got the Chicago Bears hosting the Baltimore Ravens. And I got to tell you, the Ravens looked so bad last week. I'm hoping for a big revenge game out of Lamar Jackson. And I think he can get it done. I think he's going to go into Chicago. He's going to show up Justin Fields a little bit. And I think you're going to see Baltimore come out with a win this week. This game I'm, I'm actually interested in. I mean, Bengals visiting Las Vegas. Both these teams are in bad spots. They haven't been winning. And I think that, you know, I think the Bengals could win this game. They, they've had some bad losses. They really have, you know. And it's weird because they were at the top of the AFC two weeks ago sitting at five and two. And, you know, the, Ra- the Raiders, they're so hard to figure out. They're so hard to gauge, and there's so much drama going on there. I think, you know, the Bengals should be able to get it done. I'm going to go with Cincinnati in that matchup. Arizona visiting Seattle. Russell Wilson's back, but after that performance last week, I'm really not – too thrilled about the Seahawks chances. And if Kyler Murray's back, I'm absolutely going with the Cardinals. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty seeing Colt McCoy in there last week, but he did it two weeks ago. Who knows if Colt McCoy could go get a win, but either way, I'm going to pick Arizona in that matchup. They're just way too loaded on both sides of the balls, not to get a win in Seattle there. Cowboys visiting the chiefs. This is, this has to be the game of the week, right? This is the game everyone's excited for. Cowboys have a better record than the Chiefs. Not something I thought I would be saying, but they've been so much fun to watch. Their defense was balling out. I mean, (coughs) excuse me, a lot of coughing this week. My bad, guys. But their defense balled out last week. I mean, you saw what they did to Atlanta. They beat them by 40. I think the Cowboys get the win. I know it's at Arrowhead. I know the Chiefs are back. How many times can we say that? If you're listening, I threw up some air quotes. I'm going to go with Dallas. I think that this offense and this defense when they're firing. And I think that this is a huge matchup. This is the four o'clock game. People are going to want to watch. I think this is a matchup where both sides are going to be firing, but I think the Cowboys defense is a heck of a lot better than Kansas city's. And for that reason, I'm going to lean with Dallas in this matchup. Unfortunately, not the best Sunday night and Monday night football games. we got the Steelers visiting the Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers in that Sunday night football matchup. Then we got the Giants taking on the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. That should be an easy win for Tampa. But, you know, who knows? These could both be trap games, uh, games that these two teams should be winning. There's always a chance it's a trap game. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in what we've learned because you never know what can happen on any Thursday, Sunday, or Monday in the NFL. It is very exciting, and uh, the season's been showing it. There's been a lot of crazy games. But we'll talk about that in a few. I'm going to get into some listener questions and wrap this show out. It's uh, definitely a short episode, so thank you for listening and bearing with me. I, I, I want to be doing more, but, you know, a little crunch for time and trying to get the pod out the best that I can. So thank you guys for listening. But let's get on to these listener questions, man. We got a couple from Brett. We got one from my boy, John Marchetti, and one from Ryan Morey. Thanks you, everybody, for submitting some questions. But, Brett, should Jason Tatum's poor free throw and field goal percentages concern Celtics fans? If it lasts longer, if it continues to go, he had a good bounce-back game against the Cavs. I know Evan Mobley got hurt and Jared Allen didn't play, but, I, you know, it was a good win. Tatum ended up with like 27, eight and five or something. He had a good, well-rounded game, decent shooting. I, I don't think it's time to worry about Jason Tatum. 
I think also with Jalen Brown being out, that's definitely tough on him having to bear the full load of the offense. Dennis Schroeder has been fantastic, but it has been all on Jason Tatum. I think you go through bad stretches. I think Tatum's going to be all right. So I would say don't worry about Tatum's poor shooting just yet. If it goes another week, another two weeks, then I'd be concerned because then that's a three-week slump, a four-week slump. I'm not worried about a 10-day slump yet. So we'll hold the phone on that one. Another one from Brett, is Evan Mobley a KG prototype? I mean, Evan Mobley, how amazing has this kid been for Cleveland? They're running that big lineup when Markinen's healthy, when Mobley's healthy, Jared Allen's out there. I got to tell you, Mobley's really exciting to watch. He does a little bit of everything. He can, he can pretty much guard three, four, and five. He can play three, four, and five, even though he's kind of naturally a power forward. And he can shoot. He has a little bit of a handle. This kid looks really good. And, I mean, he looks better than Jalen Green, in my opinion. He looks better than Cade Cunningham, in my opinion. Jalen Suggs. Mobley looks like he was the first pick of this draft. And, of course, he looks like very much a KG prototype. When I see Evan Mobley, I think this is what Kristaps Porzingis was supposed to be. That long, lengthy guy that can block shots but also can shoot, can dunk. You throw him lobs. Like This is what we thought Kristaps Porzingis would be. He's a little bit more athletic, moves better for sure. And I'm so excited to watch his career unfold. Evan Mobley looks fantastic. Question from John Marchetti. Are the Rams still Super Bowl contenders? This one's tough, John. This one's tough. And, you know, you submitted this hours ago and I've still been thinking about it. I'm going to go yes, because it's one of those things where when the team is firing and when everyone's in the right frame of mind and when things are clicking, they are one of the scariest offenses out there. Losing Robert Woods is so massive, but you have Cooper Cup. You replace Robert Woods with Odell Beckham. You have the offensive pieces, the O-line. You have the defensive pieces. They've spent the money. They've spent the draft picks. They have to be Super Bowl contenders because if they are not in the NFC Championship game or better this year, then, oh, man, it's unfortunately kind of a failed experiment over the last couple of years. They got to one they couldn't win. And, you know, how many years does a head coach have? How many years does a GM have without winning with spending all this money and spending all these draft picks? I'm going to say they're still Super Bowl contenders, but that could absolutely change with another injury that could change you know they keep not playing well but 49ers are a good team so you know let's not overreact to that loss for the los angeles rams question from brian maury favorite og sports center commercial man i was thinking back on some of these these were so good but i think back to david ortiz's i think back to the big three one i mean there are so so many funny ones any of the ones that had stort scott in it I wish I looked and actually, you know, went and, and looked some up and kind of picked out a favorite. But after the show, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be watching a little compilation because those cooler than the other side of the pillars, pillows with Stuart Scott, some of the NASCAR ones, Kobe, Marshawn Lynch. There's so many good ones. So, Ryan, I'm sorry I didn't answer this question well enough, but maybe I will next week and I'll be able to tell you my actual favorite. And then last question here, Brett. I don't know where you come up with this, man, but 150 rabid rabbits versus a lion. I mean, I feel like I feel like a lion could handle itself. I feel like it'd just be swatting these things away. If they're rabid and they're, you know, thirsty for blood, I I just don't see them. I don't see them doing enough damage. Maybe when you have 150 of them biting you, maybe then, you know, just the 
the rabies and all this stuff is going to get to the line eventually. But I think, I think the line has the speed, the power, everything. I mean, I, th- I think the line could handle itself, but that's just my personal, maybe I should say professional opinion. I do, I do tend to, you know, answer a lot of these questions. I do have a little bit of knowledge on these hypothetical animal fights, but Brett, I'm going to go with the line on that. Thank you for submitting those questions, guys. What we've learned, we're going to get onto that right after a little ad from Bookthinker. So do you read personal development books? If so, you got to check out Bookthinkers. This is a company that is dedicated to helping you fill your life through books. Every single day on Instagram and every week on their podcast, the team over at Bookthinkers is helping you discover new books and new mentors that you can use to achieve more and live better. And I got to tell you, I was in jury duty this morning. I read 50 pages of The Compound Effect. I'm so glad I'm getting back into that book, using the Bookthinkers app to write down some notes and get some reminders. So please, please, please check out Bookthinkers. Go to Instagram, search Bookthinkers, go to bookthinkers.com. Read, you can absolutely change your life by reading the right book at the right time. So please, please, please check it out. Bookthinkers on IG or bookthinkers.com. Now, what we've learned, this isn't something that I've learned technically, but it's something I, I relearn every football season. <clears throat> all the best teams start out really hot. They, they're winning all their games, right? Injuries happen. Fatigue happens. Drama happens. All this stuff goes on. And I got to tell you, I just relearned any given Sunday and whether it's a Monday or Thursday night, maybe you've got a wild card Saturday game, man, any given Sunday, any given night, any of these teams could beat the opposite. I look at the Titans at eight and two, their two losses are to the Jaguars and the Jets, two of the worst teams in the league. You know, you see the Rams blow it against the 49ers. You see Arizona. I mean, any given Sunday. And that's what I love about this league. It's, you know, the mighty will fall and it's at the hands of the little guys. And it's so much fun to watch. And, you know, when you're, when you're playing a game where there's one major professional league with all the best talent in the world, you're going to get some pretty amazing players. And even guys on that, Oh, eight and one Lions team would be competing for starting spots on other teams. Any given Sunday can happen. And I'm hoping that for those Detroit Lions at some point, but that's what I learned this week and relearned just any given Sunday. Football's so exciting. It's one of the big draws about it. And, you know, a game can change like that. Pick six, fumble on the uh, kickoff, you know, all these things. It can change like that 14-point swing in a minute. So any given Sunday in any football game. And before we round the show out, little little team wrap-up for all my favorite teams. So Patriots, I mean, hey, four in a row. You know, we're going to beat the Falcons. It's going to be five in a row. People are saying this might be the best team in the league. And I just, like I said earlier, I'm not quite there yet, but I think this team is doing a lot more than we thought it could. And Mac Jones is absolutely balling out and he's being put in the right situations. So I think, you know, Patriots fans have a lot to be excited about. I'm looking forward to the rest of this year. The Celtics, I got to tell you, Tatum finally had a good game again. And I mean, With Jalen out for two weeks, it is unfortunate to see Tatum where he's at. We're still looking for this team to improve. But I got to tell you, Al Horford looks incredible, looks 10 years younger than he is. He looks so good. And Dennis Schroeder looks fantastic. And it's not controversial. He should be starting over Marcus Smart when Jalen Brown's back. I know that's not the plan. I know Ime Adoka saying he's a quasi-starter, pseudo-starter, whatever he called him. He's the sixth man. He plays as many minutes as those guys. Dennis Schroeder needs to be the starting point guard of the Boston Celtics. He really does. He really does. That's that's what I'm looking at there. Red Sox, unfortunately, we've lost Erod and Kyle Schwarber, and we haven't got anything 
in return. We haven't signed anybody. So my thing with these Red Sox right now is it's time to start making some moves. This front office needs to get moving. Alex Cora needs to start getting some of those pitches out because we need some help. And hopefully, you know, that comes in the form of some pitching. The Revs, I got to tell you guys, I'm not happy that there's so much time off, but I'm so excited for these games. I'm texting my buddies about it. And I'm like, hey, yo, guys, this is playoff time. We got to make sure we have everything for the grill. We got to make sure we have the food, the beer. We got to bring all the right chairs. Like, we got to make a list. This is playoff time, man. This is peak tailgating. This is so exciting. I'm like, we got to be on our game. We got to be locked in. This is fourth quarter time. Even when it comes to the tailgate, when it comes to supporting the reps, I'm so excited for it. I'll definitely keep you guys updated when the playoffs come. I'm so looking forward to the MLS playoffs. You guys have no idea. Look into Liverpool. We're playing Arsenal this weekend, which I'm excited for. You know, English football's back after uh, the World Cup qualifiers. And then real quick, Trent Alexander-Arnold. A hat trick of assists in one of the games for England. So shout out to TAA there. Duke, like I said last week, just weak games again for, you know, the next like 11 days or 10 days or whatever it is until we play Gonzaga on the 26th. We're 4-0. We smacked Gardner-Webb tonight. What was the score? I got it because the game just ended five minutes ago. 92-52. to Trevor Keels, 18.7 assists. Looking really good. So, all my teams, I'm feeling pretty good about all of them. Celtics probably the uh, the one that I'm not feeling the best about. But again, I don't think it's time to worry quite yet. I'm excited for the rest of the basketball season. We'll talk about some more NBA next week. But guys, thank you so much for listening. That's been episode 47 of Right Off the Bus, the Andre Kirilenko episode, AK47. Shout out to AK. But <clears throat> please hit any button you can if it's like, if it's subscribe, if it's comment share, save. I mean, I could go on and on. You could direct message. You could interact with the stories. You could just like a post. Any little interaction helps me so much. So please guys show some love. I thank you for taking the time to listen to this. I thank you for taking the time to make me part of your day, make me part of your week, whatever it is. I really do value that relationship with the listeners and you know, it's not a huge following. It's not a bunch of listeners, but I know there's people out there looking forward to this every week. So I just, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys. I absolutely love doing this and I'm going to keep doing it. That's episode 47. Thank you guys. You are listening to right off the bus.